All right, everybody. Well, welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, episode 169. And uh, we're going to be chatting a little bit about strategy. We're going to talk about some of the programs we have coming up. Uh, we have another announcement. It seems like every week we have these great announcements. Uh, we have another announcement this week about our first official Rec Poker ambassador. So I'll just kind of tease it with that. But I do want to thank Running Aces, Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel opening March 11th. Uh, they are our official sponsor for all things Rec Poker. And they have been since the beginning. So uh, props to those guys, as well as Learn Pro Poker and Website Amp, who sponsor the podcast. So with me today, uh, this is Steve Fredland. I've got Jim Reed, Rob Washam, John Somsky. Uh, that's your, your honorable panel today. I figured Rob would show up for sure because we got a little gloating that's going to happen a little bit later in the show. And he's, he's not going to gloat, but we'll gloat on his behalf. He says, no, 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 no. But uh, for those of you who are tuning in because you're expecting Jen Shahadi, unfortunately, she needed to reschedule. Uh, she's been on the show before, a good friend of the show. Uh, but she had some things going on. So she's going to be uh, joining us sometime in May, uh, TBD. We will let you know. So tonight is really night for us to kind of talk strategy amongst us. And uh, actually, we have a few announcements we want to make as well. So uh, it's going to be a kind of a fun show of just the banter, kind of like what we've done in the past. We haven't done this for a little while where we just kind of banter amongst ourselves. We have some listener questions to include there uh, as well. So why don't we jump in? Unless you guys have something burning that you got to say. Uh, we can jump into a couple of listener questions. I'm not seeing any burning going on in the panel. And, and, oh, by the, and oh, by the way, so this is the first week that we are opening up the podcast to our members. So if you're a member at rec.poker, you can jump on here. Uh, we've got Martha on the line right now. Uh, you can jump on here. You can listen in. You can chat. You can you know, ask questions real time while we're doing the recording. Uh, and so that's kind of a cool way to engage. So if you're a member, check it out. If you're not a member, go get the free trial, get the 30 days, jump on four podcasts, see if you like it, check out the content, uh, all that jazz. But uh, good time. Uh, we're hoping to engage uh, more and more of the membership in that way. So here's the first question uh, for the panel. And this comes from somebody you're all very familiar with, uh, Cheyenne Bhattacharya. And Cheyenne was the guy who uh, led our book discussion, Play Optimal Poker. Fantastic job. Did a great job. Great thinker. Pretty new to poker, which surprises a lot of people because his learning curve is like off the hook. But he had one question uh, that he wanted to, to have the panel discuss. And uh, it's from a few weeks ago. Uh, it's an $80 tournament. All right. The blinds are 300, 600, 600. So he's got the big blind ante thing going on at 600. He says, I'm on the button with about 22,000 chips. So what is that, like 35 bigs, somewhere in there, 35, just under 40 bigs. He's on the button. Uh, there's a couple of limpers. And he says, so I limp in with queen of hearts uh, and eight of something else, non-suited uh, queen eight. Uh, the flop comes three, six, eight with three hearts. Uh, so Cheyenne has the queen of hearts. He has top pair with an eight, a queen kicker, and the queen of hearts for the flush draw. He says the small blind, who's an active player, perhaps been drinking too much. Uh, he's a player who showed up with pure air uh, before in this tournament. Uh, he shoves for his 5,000 chips. So remember, it was limped around at 600. So I assume, uh, I don't know exactly what happened in the, in the blinds, but let's just say there must be five people in there with the ante as well. So 3,600 in there, uh, and the small blind shoves for 5,000. So a little bit more than a pot size shove. Uh, the big blind, who's a regular turning player, has 18,000 to start the hand 
and just calls the 5,000. Everyone else folds around to Cheyenne. What is my action and why? And maybe the first question is, how, how do we feel about the limp? I know he didn't ask specifically about that, but are we fine kind of the limp behind with, with Queen 8, 35 bigs in that spot on the button? How many limpers were in front of him? Uh, two limpers, I believe, in front of him. Yeah, couple, he says couple of limpers. So I'm going to interpret that to mean two. And we don't know what positions they're in. And we don't know their stack sizes. We don't know their stack sizes either, right? Yeah, it's kind of a loose play. I don't know that I would do it. Um, but if you're going to be able to see the flop for, you know, just a limp, you know, why not? But then you do get yourself into these types of situations, right? Right. You, now you have a top pair, lousy kicker, and you're wondering what to do. Now, right. what happened to the guy under the guy in the big blind? A uh, small blind jam for 5,000. So let's say the pot's like 3,600, somewhere in that ballpark. Okay. The, uh, the small blind shoves 5,000. And then the big blind, uh, who started the hand with 18, so must have around 17,000, uh, just calls the 5,000. And then it comes around to Cheyenne. Yeah, I think I think the smart play would probably be just to give it, throw it away. Really? Unless, okay, so, okay, so he's got he's got top pair queen kicker with the queen of hearts draw. Right, top pair eight kicker. Oh well, he hit the eight, so he's got the queen kicker. So the flop was, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, the flop was uh, eight six three with all okay. hearts, and he's got all queen eight, queen eight with the queen of hearts. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> This is Rob, you're like the guy that we're coming to now because of the weekend that you just had. You're, yeah. we're, we're looking for you to put on the white. <laughs> but you're already saying you probably wouldn't even be in the hand to start with. So I probably good. wouldn't even be in the hand yeah. to start with. Um, you know, it's just not worth it. It's, what, $80 tournaments, you're going to have a lot of pretty loose play, a lot of limping going on, people trying to catch a flop, you know, you you could be against uh, a flush draw, a nut flush draw. Mm -hmm. You could be against, you know, two, a made two pair already. You know, somebody's sitting there with eight six. Um, you could be against a, you know, pretty good flush draw. Somebody with four seven. Well, I guess that's our, our straight draw. Or that's a four, seven. That's a made straight already. You know, at four seven could definitely be in their range. Yeah, there's no straights on the board quite yet. It was eight six was, three. Now it was yeah, it was eight, eight six eight six okay. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But there's all kinds, obviously, all kinds of draws. There's there's two yeah. marks that are already made flushes. There's yep. there are some straight draws out there for sure with nine seven seven five. There's sets, you know, the threes, yep. the sixes, maybe even the eights that limped. Uh, there's the nut flush draws or the king high flush draws that are bigger than yours. So there's a lot of stuff that uh, is potentially dangerous to you for sure. Right. So I think in the moment, if had I got to this point, I might just call. Because what mm -hmm. he had thirty three thousand or something to start. Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. So only 30, yeah, twenty two. Oh. Yep. <laughs> See, for me, I, I don't mind the limp, um, but that's with the intention of hitting it fairly hard, or getting away if much money goes into the pot. If this had been a normal continuation bet, you know, someone had bet, you know, three big blinds into the pot, mm -hmm. something like that, then I think you've got a reasonable call because you are either against one player, you're probably either ahead or you have outs to be ahead. Uh, one of the two, either your eight is good or the queen 
high heart will make you good. Against two players, you might you might still be good now, but you uh, there's a good chance there's the ace of hearts out there, which means mm-hmm. your flush draw isn't good. And the I mean, five thousand chips is a quarter of your stack at this point. Yeah. So um, almost. So I uh, I kind of think I would fold. That's interesting. Yeah, we're we're in different camps here for sure. This is kind of an interesting one. I I thought, and I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like the the flat pre flop either. I'm I'm just not a limper. You know, I might raise there. I might raise that on the button for sure. But but as as played, I mean, I've I've got top pair. Uh, I've got a queen, the third nut flush draw. You know, and I think I've got some fold equity. I don't know what the what the it's small a, blind has, right? I mean, I don't know what they have. It's Go ahead, a backdoor Rob. backdoor flush, though. Right? No, there's three hearts on the flush. There's three oh, there hearts is. on the flop. Yeah, eight six three with three hearts. So I've got the I've got the queen high flush draw at that point. I, I'm loving life, frankly, and this is why it's interesting to see, like, you know, the the small blind if they are kind of goofy and they shove. Yeah, they could have it, but I don't know if it was just that one player. I don't know that I ever fold here. Um, even though it's a, you know, to more than a pot size bet, I just think against that single player, uh, I kind of like my hand. I mean, if they've got, if they've got top pair, they have a, you know, like an ACE eight or something like that. Odds are I've got the only flush draw. If they only have a flush draw, I probably have the best made hand. Uh, you know, even if they have like two small hearts, I've got outs. I, I just don't, I don't hate my hand in the spot. And then, so then the second player comes in and they just flat, like, can they call my shove? Like, what do they have? What are they, what are they just calling with? I guess, unless they're like super trapping with like ace, 10 of hearts or something. I don't know. I I'm, I'm kind of my, you, you guys are talking me out of it a little bit, but I I'm kind of in the camp of, I'm, I'm going to go with this hand. Like I'm, I'm going to go and hopefully I can get that big blind out of there. Um, or if they call, hopefully they're calling with an inferior hand, you know, after they just uh, called behind. So I'm kind of looking to isolate that small blind and get that dead 5K in there. Okay, um, so let let yeah. I, I think the uh, second caller. To my mind, a large portion of that player's range includes uh, a heart, and a large portion of those hearts would include the ace of hearts. Not the first one, who not the one, not the shover, but the caller. But it'd have to be a pretty weak ace, right? The fact that they didn't re-raise pre-flop out of the big blind in the limp yes. spot, right? So you're, yeah, yeah. It you could be an ace, six. like ace six, ace three. It could be an ace five, but, even. But the threes and six are already out there. I mean, it's got to be like ace deuce, ace four, ace five, ace seven, right? Oh, well, I'm, not, I'm not saying two pair of hearts. I'm, okay, I'm just saying gotcha, the gotcha, ace gotcha. of hearts. Okay, so yeah. the, basically it is, I think there's a good chance if you play with both players that your flush is no good. If you but hit it, you but your head. Right, right. Yeah. But if you if you push, if you shove at this point, how much money is in the pot? Yeah, so there'd be there's the uh, I guess we figured thirty six free flop, another ten, so forty six. Uh we're shoving twenty two, so there'd be sixty eight. Uh and assuming they have us covered, we don't know. Uh oh no, they've got eighteen. Uh right. I guess. So we've got we're there the effective stack at this point. So yeah, they're only going to call thirteen more, mm-hmm. right? So thirteen more, and they're getting, they're getting like two to three to one. So yeah, they're, they're getting, getting, yeah, they're, they're gonna getting call. the right price if they are drawing to the ace high flush. But don't we want that in there? Don't we want to play against 
uh, ace of hearts, three of diamonds or something? I mean, do we not want that call or no? Not if they're actually getting the right price to do it. I mean, they're making a profitable call, which isn't the best thing for us. Um, If if they had a deeper stack, then I think the shove, as you're saying, would become even better because then they're not getting the right price to draw. Mm -hmm. But as it sits right now, they're actually, I think, getting enough equity if they have a naked ace if they have that do you think they're also going to they're also going to call with like 10 8 jack 8 queen 8 you know king 8 non-suited even like with top pair i don't know it it is an 80 dollar tournament so that is possible yeah i mean that's what i'm thinking like i don't know once they flat there are they ever going to fold if they have you know yeah 8 7 8 9 8 10 8 jack they have any kind of a top pair combination I think that's also part of the range. I, I do see what you're saying with the Ace of Hearts. That that does make sense to me. That's a great, great point. We're giving them the right price to call. Um, but I also think there's parts of their range that might call that we're actually ahead of that aren't even drawing to hearts. Yeah, I yeah. might be overemphasizing that portion of their range. <clears throat> that could that very well could be. Do we know if this is during the uh, rebuy phase of the tournament or after rebuys? Because um, that would affect the calling ranges. For the for... $80 tournament, I'm not sure which 80 it is because at running aces, they don't have an 80, they have a 75. So I'm, this might be somewhere else. If it was at aces, it would be the first uh, level after the registration for the like the $75 plus tournaments. Because if it's a rebuy situation, I just can't resist that spot. I think I have to get my chips in um, somehow. If you call, there's less than a pod size bet behind anyway. So I don't know if there's a better way to get them in shoving or, or I mean, calling that, and just planning to get it in. But um seems like based on what we know about the small blind and uh, what kind of hands could be in the big blinds range there with those stacks, I don't mind I don't mind getting it in if it's in a rebuy period. Otherwise, it's a diff- tougher decision maybe. Yeah, because that's part of my question. Like, okay, let's say if we do just call – and I think there's an argument for just folding there too that like we've already heard. But let's just say we do just call, and now they have. I mean, now the pot is what it is, and now they have twelve thousand chips left, and a pot is whatever it is fifteen fifty one hundred. Like, well, like what turn card is coming that we fold to? You know, I, I, that's the that's the part. You know, like if the pot. I is think now, it's even. I think the pot's 51. like fifteen something, and he only has. Because uh, well, I we figured there's. Yeah, what do we figure there? Five like K. He called fifteen. So there's eighteen, eighteen K in the pot, and he's only got thirteen back. Yeah. So you know, there's going to be forty, whatever that is. Well, whatever. I should have done the math before, but forty-two, forty-three thousand, whatever that is. You know, when they show, and then we have to call the thirteen K. Are there? I mean, what turn card do we fold to? And like an a non-heart ace. I mean, I'm trying to think like what what are we folding to if they shove turn? Once we've called, I mean, once we've called flop. I don't know. I don't know what I'm folding. Yeah, it feels it's like hard, calling. It's hard. I'm never folding. Feels like calling flop. You're sort of deciding that you're just getting it in, and you would just prefer to do it by calling later rather than shoving, or rather than reshoving on the flop. I don't think. Yeah. Can Can you guys? Can you call there and then get away from it later? Is that ever a good decision with these stack sizes? What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you could call and uh, get away from it later. If a bad card hits, <clears throat> like like what card would come that then the nature of that you would fold to, like an ace. Ace is a good card. Um, if a straight came in, a straight draw came in, that might be a card that you can just say, okay, 
this guy, sho- the big blind now shoves when the straight card comes in, like a nine or a, mm-hmm. a four, something like that. Five comes. or a seven, yeah. Gives yeah, him a lot of two pairs, too. Yeah, it's he, tough right. because you, you still have nine outs. You still got 20% yeah, equity got the on the river for the flush. You know, that's the that's the part. Okay, if you lose, how much do you got left? <laughs> well, we're not going to lose, but we'd have uh, six. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we, if we just call that, if we just call we can never lost a hand, Steve. Never lost a <laughs> yeah, hand. Yeah, never. Uh, <laughs> never. Uh, well, we called the 600 and then went to 5,000. So we put in 5,600. So we've got... 16,400. Uh, we still have 24 big blinds if we fold after calling the flop. And that's that's a reasonable stack to be able to go to battle with. Yeah, it, it, it's reasonable, but I like 60 big blinds more. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah, no, no, this is where this is where it's good. It's good checks and balances here because I'm I'm kind of like Jim in this spot. I'm kind of like, let let's roll. Let, let's well, I'm the net. I probably fold on the flop. Say yeah. this isn't a spot I want to get involved in. Why am I going to donate chips to two random hands that you have no clue what they're what they're holding? A guy could have the guy in the big blind could have ace king of hearts right now. You don't he, even know if he limps. Yeah, if he limps. I mean, in, in exactly. my exactly what kind of player is he? Of, if but if I'm in my world, if he limped ace king of hearts there and smashes that flop, like congratulations. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm just like. One great job, you know, <laughs> honestly. Like I'm not I'm not even worried about that. But you're right. I mean, people do wake up with that in these tournaments. Like, oh, oh, it was a five-way pot and you're the big blind of the ace king of hearts yeah. that you just called. Yeah. You know, you know that, and that's every people have every I'm not trying to rip on the play. I'm saying you can play that however you want. It's just not how I would play it. So then I get I fall into this trap of thinking people are playing the same way that I play. And that is one of my biggest downfalls. Right. Like in this in this spot right here. Somebody could have like ace two of hearts, like that small blind yeah. could have ace two of hearts and just lead out and shove. And I think, well, they never have the flush here because they would never just shove and then they do. So I think that is something well, that I have to figure out. That's a good reason to shove then, isn't it? Because Steve will never it think me. I have oh, it. If are I you kidding shove. me? I will hero. Look at this. I'm going to hero call you with the third dot <laughs> flusher on top here with the queen kicker. Let's go. And I'm going to fist pump getting it in there. And not only am I going to call your shove, I'm going to no. call over the guy that, behind your shove. No, See, what's I'm, interesting is generally I tend to be that more aggressive player like yeah, you. Yeah. But from a psychological point of view, these last couple of months, it feels like I have not been able to win a hand, much less a pot or a tournament. And I don't know if that is, I'm trying not to. I mean, that should make no difference. The, mm-hmm. the past performance or past luck makes, has no bearing on what's going to happen in the next hand. However, from a psychological point of view, you know, once you've been snake bitten 12 times in a row, you just kind of anticipate that's going to happen. Again. It is true. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if, for me, if that is weighing into my thought process right now, it very well might be. But you're, I mean, what I like about you, so you're aggressive, John. I would consider you an aggressive player, but you do like to take the initiative. And I think what I'm hearing from you, you're also very logical in that, okay, well, I have no fold equity. They're not going away. I'm, if I shove, I'm giving them the right price. So I think that's the piece where you really, even though you could shove here, you really don't have the initiative. You know, you're still sort of right. still you're sort of still sort of responding to other people's initiative, and I think of you more as you like to take the initiative in in those actions. And when you're not taking the initiative, you're being responsive to the others. Then you're then you're calculating and saying, well, what are the right things? And that's why I love how you think about this because I'm thinking, well, yeah, I want the 
ace of hearts, you know, whatever, you know, to, to call me. But you're saying, yeah, but they're getting the right price. So why would you want them to call you? And I'm thinking, well, because I'm looking for the big, I'm looking for the big kahuna, man. I'm looking for the 70 big blinds. So, well, uh, right. So if, if I knew for a fact that they had the ace of hearts yeah, and that they were going to make the call. Um, so at this point, they're uh, about what, 18, no, uh, about a little under 35, 36% to make, make the flush by the river. Yeah. If we get it all in here. Um, about 30% because we know we have one of the hardest. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess that doesn't make the shove too bad. And maybe, maybe where my psychology might be coming in is right now my brain is going like, well, one of them has to have the ace. Uh, Instead of looking at, okay, what are real, realistically, what are their ranges and is a, a, an ace of hearts that big of a range. Now to me, just looking at the second person who calls behind with 5,000, if he's sitting on something like, let's say he has two pair there. Um, I think he's going to shove because he doesn't want you coming along. Um, so the the hand that makes the most sense to me is a flush draw, and to call that much off five thousand dollars off, it's got to be a strong flush draw. Yeah, and see that's where I struggle because I did that doesn't make sense to me. Like if I because of how I would play, I'm saying if I was the big blind and I had the ace of hearts flush draw, I reshove. Like I don't flat there. That's why I I think he probably already has the ace high flush. He's flatting, so you come along. He's going to get some more money from you, right? Apparently. <laughs> it's it's a little starting, to, starting to look that way. He's going to be able to double up. Yeah. Actually, it's a little, with, it's, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Don't I was going to say with the made flush, that would yeah. make, be a really good play. To, oh, yeah. That's what I would do with the made flush. Yeah, or a set or something. Yeah. I would do that with, with a huge hand, or I would do it with something like 10-8 that I could just get away from if I got shoved over. Like that's sort of where I'm at. I, I, I don't know. I might still reshove 10, eight or something, but um, I don't know. That's where I just, yeah, I get, I get confused on that when it, when, cause if I had the ace, I flush draw there in the big blind, I would probably re rip it to try to isolate right there. I'm not saying that's right, but that is, that is what I would do. That, so I think, well, that's not what he has. One of the problems with that, with this spot though, is that you don't get the full, Show you don't get the full fold equity because the small blind's already in the hand. So then you're in a spot where you're actually racing against that hand, even in a fold, even when you get the folds that you're looking for. Right. Um, so I don't know. I haven't crunched the numbers on this, but um, I wonder if that affects what. Because I love shaping. I love shoving the ASI flush draw. That's like mother's milk to me. <laughs> um, so it would be weird to find a spot where I decided not to do that. But one of the spots I could see that happening would be where there was a side pot that was already locked up, that there was no extra money to be gained um, by bluffing someone out of the hand. And so you're, you're sort of taking, you, you only win when you get to realize the equity in that flush draw. Um, True. So I don't know if that I, makes me more likely to shove it or not. Here. Yeah, there's no extra money there, but I think I don't want that person to realize their equity either. If they have something like, 10-9 with the 10 of hearts. So they've got two overs, a gut shot, and the 10 of hearts. Like they might they might call 5,000 there to see a turn card. And then if I shove, I push them off of that. So now I don't have to worry about a 7, a 9, or a 10 rolling off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting spot. So yeah, pretty interesting. I don't know what's 
in the or in I just fold. <laughs> I'm up against two hands. I'm Let's just fold and wait for a better hands. spot. <laughs> I want to be in a spot hands. where I want to be in a spot where I was the aggressor to start with. Yeah. Well, that's the ideal, right? Well, then yeah. don't, don't limp. I, I do like I do like being in position when the really wide bluffy player shoves though. Yeah. When, right. Like I do oh, like yeah, I do so like great. being in a spot where I've got top pair in a redraw and the guy that shows up with air is shoved on a flop. Like yeah. just anecdotally that's a good spot to be in too. I don't mind. It's it's the big blind calling that really puts me off the hand cuz they think yeah, they might actually have the strongest range here. Yeah, cuz that small blind shoving right they they hit they have jack three, jack six, jack eight. They might just shove any piece of that thing, which we're just crushing. Well, any final? <laughs> this is interesting. This is one that we really do kind of have very different perspectives on. But bold, um, bold pre period, bold pre period. Rob says, and we should listen to Rob. I mean, right? <laughs> should I we mean, talk about why we should listen to Rob? Well, because I, yeah. there's a lot of good reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody. You know, we I get these notes week after week, day after day, like like. Why is Rob on the podcast? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, what? this is old Nick. You gotta have an old Nick. Why on the is St. Nicholas on the podcast? Like, what's the deal with Rob? <laughs> you have and to I always have say, an old Nick, right? I mean, come on. And I always say, I'm from Minnesota, so if I actually say that, I didn't mean it. So if anybody's worried that I don't like Rob, <laughs> uh, please know that's not true. No, Rob, I mean, I think Rob brings so much insight or whatever. But but no, here's here's the reason. So Rob <laughs> had a fantastic weekend. So let, let's segue a little bit. We had another question. We'll wait on that one because um, uh, that, that first one took took a while, which is great. I, lo- I love the conversation. Um, but so I guess two days ago when we were recording this, we had Rec Poker Day at Running Aces. And it was so much fun. And we could talk about that uh, all, all day about how much fun it was. We had a ton of people show up for breakfast. Just knocked my socks off how many people showed up, how many rec poker sweatshirts, the vibe, everybody ordering breakfast, having a great time. Like at 8 in the morning, like what poker players are getting up at 8 in the morning or before that to get there? Serious uh, recreational players, Steve. That's who. <laughs> serious, thoughtful, recreational <laughs> players. There was a ton of people from our home game also. Yeah, yeah. Almost Every one of them were, you know, so now I'm putting faces to the names on the home game. And even I was sitting at one table and the, one of the dealers, William, I think his name was, his screen name on Poker Stars is I Hate to Lose. Oh, is that that guy? Yeah. Oh, he I was see a, that guy He was time. a dealer. He was a dealer. I didn't know that. And we were talking because, you know, he saw my shirt and my, yeah. know, my bounty thing. And so we started talking. He says, oh, yeah, I play that home game when I'm. My screen name is I Hate to Lose. Because <laughs> I always see that guy out there. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Who is I Hate to Lose? Yeah, he's William, oh, a that's dealer fun. at Running Aces. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is super fun. Like like Pat Barry. I got to meet Pat yep. Barry. Like, to meet oh, Pat. I was wondering, who is this guy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he plays. He played every single home game, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. I see. I think he's always at my table and taking my too. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Um, but but no, I mean, so that was super fun, right? Yeah, so you meet all these people. And uh, yep. Mark Prashan, who's a who's a, a big part of the rec poker community and becoming a bigger part. He's working on our website. He actually came up from Texas for rec poker day. Like that's why he came up and it was so great what a to guy. Meet a person. And, but just all kinds of people were there and it was so much fun. And just, I thought the vibe was just really cool. And then we go on, like, I'm going to take all the credit for it. I think, I think rec poker is going to take all the credit for this, even though we can't officially, but you know, running aces broke their records uh, for, the, for the, the 10 AM tournament it had like 187 people. Yep. And then the Optimum, which is a $300 buy-in, had like 219 entries. 
Like both of those were records and, you know, we're going to take credit for it, you know, but oh, we're, we're definitely taking credit for that, <laughs> but, but we did have a piece of it. I know for sure that 10 a.m. tournament, there's a bunch of people that don't normally play in the casinos uh, that were playing, but, but to kind of get to the point of how it was, a, it was a blast or whatever. But so Rob Washam goes out there and he takes that 187 person field and whittles it down to three, right? You did a three-way chop on that baby. Three-way three chop. Yep. That was super fun. And then, not to be outdone, he decides to go play the optimum. So this is where the big hitters, right? This is with the like some of the best players in the state. I was playing with a number of them uh, throughout the course of this time. And Rob goes ahead and final tables that sucker too. <laughs> so you were there from what time did you get there in the morning to help help with everything? About a quarter to eight <laughs> yep. when I arrived, <laughs> and I got busted out in tenth of the optimum at about 2 15 in the morning <laughs> oh my god and you live like 45 minutes away from there right yeah yeah so it was like a 7 a.m to 3 a.m day for you yeah pretty much pretty much it, it was so fun though to like to be there say oh rob's still in rob's still in rob's still in it was so much fun right more yeah, fun it was for a you gas. It was i a feel gas. so sorry for you rob for having to go through such a long <laughs> and grueling day i know i don't know how you did it I, I feel so bad. What time are you home, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what time did you get home, John? <laughs> yeah, I was home a little earlier than that. I decided after I busted my second bullet on the optimum that yeah, I just couldn't hang around anymore. You should have spent more time worshiping at the altar of St. Oswald, eh, Rob? Hey, Rob, right? knew how to, Rob knew how to lay right. the bait for February 29th. That's right. And here at here at Rec Poker, we kind of declared it a Saint Saint Washam's Day, which Saint Washam's Day. <laughs> well, one of the one of our folks on Discord, I, I, a young man that I've gotten to know pretty well over the last few months, Swami, uh, had kind of put out there. He said, "Well, congrats, Rob! Great runs, great job, all that." And he his question was, uh, "Were there any players that you played with both tournaments?" Um, that I played with, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, the guy I chopped with. One of the guys I chopped with played in the optimum, and I was at his table most of the night. And actually, um, we were at the same table for the first, you know, the first table we were at. So for many hours, I played with him again. And then <clears throat> we got to another table, and we we're down to the bubble. 28 players left. We we're hand for hand. And he. <clears throat> We, we had a limp pot, or no, somebody raised, I think it was he, he raised, and he was kind of loose, you know, he'd raise really light, and he'd face card, basically. And uh, I was sitting there with Ace King, so I just limped along. I mean, I just called the raise, and somebody else called the raise. And the flop came Ace, Queen, Six, or something like that, and the guy goes all in. So I call, and the other guy calls. I, I have Ace, <laughs> King, and so I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm in pretty good shape. And the other guy who called had uh, two clubs mm. and there was two clubs on the board. So he had mm -hmm. the flush draw and we just checked it down from there. And the ace king held up sweet and we broke the bubble. Making you, which, which you made me some money for that, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. And because I hadn't given away my bounty yet. Yes. I've been playing all night and I had this bounty in front of me the whole time. And from the morning tournament, you'd never gave that I, one away either. Right. Well, right. Yeah. I never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave it to Joe. I said, here, Joe, yeah. take the, <laughs> take this bounty. Sorry I busted you, blah, 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 and that was it. 
You can have a you can have a ten dollar prize instead yeah, of five hundred dollars for the min cash. Right. right. He got a he got a hat. <laughs> hey that's something though that is pretty sweet no I, that was super awesome that that was i mean not for joe but kind of fun that you right. i mean obviously he ran deep again as well yes. no that was super fun so did you were there any like do you look at playing those two tournaments because they are very different tournaments obviously one yeah. is forty dollars you get ten thousand chips and it's like 12 minute levels right and then the optimum is three hundred dollars it's half hour levels and you get twenty thousand starting chips like right. do you actually strategically approach those differently or uh, is it just, well, the situation is this, I've got 30 big blinds and you know, whatever, or do you actually adjust some things accordingly? Um, slightly, I think, um, I was a little more eager to potentially rebuy in the $40 one than I was in the optimum. <laughs> yeah. Office. Right. Um, so, you know, in the, but I think, yeah, I think there's a little bit of difference for one thing you'll notice, um, in the optimum, you didn't see a lot of the limping. Yeah, that you saw in the forty dollars tournament because I, I was, you know, sitting at the table and five people limp and you go, wow, you know, and I'm folding my, you know, pocket threes because your queen eight offsuit. Yeah, my queen eight offsuit especially. Um, so, you know, I just, yeah, it just you just notice it a lot more in in the optimum. People were playing more optimal poker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, optimal at the optimum. Right, right. right. more more three betting. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, sure. really, really there wasn't a lot of three betting. Ah, okay. There was not a lot of three betting. I mean, I, I did, the only time I did is when I had, you know, a monster hand. Um, there was probably, I probably could have got away with it a lot more. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I never had to really. Um, but so did you yeah. have a pretty good, did you have a pretty good table draw through the optimum? I mean, there were some, some of Minnesota's finest players there, you know, throughout the room. Did you have a pretty tough draw or did you feel pretty good about your draw? The first, the first table I was at, it felt pretty good. Yeah. There was a, there was a guy sitting to my left who I play with at Grand Casino Malax all the time. Yep. So, I mean, I recognized him right away, you know, it's, oh, I, <laughs> what are you doing? How's it going? You know, so, <laughs> uh, we didn't play against each other at all. Cause I think we know each other pretty well. Okay. So yeah. I, don't, I never recall getting involved in any hands with him. Um, but there was some other people that were just in there splashing it around. Okay. The optimum, you know, there was a, one hand I was there was a young kid and he was you know he was a young gun you know he's gonna get in there and mix it up as much as he can and he came in for a raise um, from the cutoff the big blind called I'm in the small blind and I got pocket aces so I raised it up like four and a half you know uh, times his original raise thinking well I'm just gonna blow these guys off the hand they're both gonna fold and that's fine. Well, they both called. I'm going, Ooh, hmm. Wow. The cutoff so in the button? The cutoff in the button? Or which which two? Cutoff in the button, both okay. called. Big blind folded. Cutoff okay. in the button, both called. I'm going, wow. What? <laughs> I didn't expect that, right? So the flop came A78 rainbow. <laughs> Bing. So I'm saying, well, I think I might be good here. <laughs> you might, I might be ahead. <laughs> I got the nuts, so I must be good. Yeah. And so I... I just checked it off and the, <laughs> the kid, he only had like uh, probably 25 big blinds to start the hand. Um, so he, he jammed and I was hoping the button would call, but he didn't, he folded. Did you tank call? I did. I did not tank call. I did not <laughs> slow roll the guy. I just said, call through a chip in and call. And that's yeah. why it's over. And of course they held up. 
Yeah, he, I assume he just thought you had, you know, maybe pocket jacks and were afraid of the ace or whatever. Right, right. I might yeah. have had uh, king queen for that matter. Pocket yeah, jacks, like you say, pocket queens. Right. He had pocket tens as it turned. Oh, out. so he did have a hand. Okay. He had a hand. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting shove then. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I would thought it was pretty loose, but I think that's just the way he plays. You know, he's just gonna yeah. get it in there and see if he can make it happen, and it didn't. So. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, great job. So, any, any. John, Jim, anything else from uh, any other questions for Rob there? Any other strategy thing? We're going to move on from strategy, but anything that's been kind of bugging you or follow up from any of the conversations that we've had before that we want to clear the air on here? I uh, I want to warn people. Oh. Should we make have like sure, your music here? No. <laughs> make sure you continually keep focused on what's going on. By the end of the night, I was totally on autopilot. Yeah. I was not thinking through my situ- my decisions. Um, I made a couple of good plays against a couple of good players before we got just before we got to the final table. We were down to two players or two tables. But when we got to the final table, I made a huge mistake. Mm. Absolutely ICM suicide. Um so it's it 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 really yeah. on my way home I'm thinking oh that was a cooler, but it wasn't a cooler. I could have easily got away from there hmm. and still had tons of ICM and there was two players that still would have had fewer chips than me. Yeah. So there's two smaller stacks than me, and I go up against a medium stack, and it was absolutely I could have easily got out of that situation and stayed in the tournament. I think I had uh, at that moment in time, my ICM was about $3,800. Yeah. And had I folded instead of jammed, which is what I did, I would have still had a $2,700 um, mm. ICM, which was better than the other two players. Yep. Yep. So I made, I did an ICM suicide at the end. And I think it was because I was so, so damn tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not nope. used to playing that long. I usually go into a tournament and I'm out in the first hour so I can go home and, and, and rest. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a real thing. I had one of those moments myself where I, you know, I was playing my game and, um, you know, I just did not have the stack size to open the hand that I opened. And it mm. wasn't just because I lost the hand. It was like, mm, it just, it, it just was a bad situation. I'm like, why did I do that? I think I was either bored or I was tired or something, but I had lost a little focus. Like you said, you know, it was a long day. We were there early yep. to set up. We were, we're all day. We we're running. We we're talking to people. We we're scrambling. I mean, you ran deep. So I, I do think that is a real thing to be like, uh, how, how do we stay focused uh, after a long, tired day when, when that's when the money's on the line too, right? That's when it's the right. most important to be as right. laser focused as possible. That's I probably, great, great I probably gave up $2,000 at least mm-hmm. um, because there was a guy Another guy at my table that was really short, and he went out ninth, I saw when I looked at the, yeah. the results. I could outlast him probably. There's another couple hundred bucks there. And another guy that was even a short that he went out eighth, and I probably could have outlasted him, which would have put me into the $1,000, you know, $1,200 range. Right. So I lost <laughs> at least 500 easily, if not more. It's tough though, right? Because it's 500 that you could have just folded your way to, but it's also... I mean, it was 15,000 to win the thing. Right. So, right. you know, that's where you want to look at it and say, well, yeah, but was I taking a spot that 
actually, you know, if I win, it actually puts me in, in relevancy for the big money, but well, yeah, you, you yeah. know that, you know, if it's a legitimate right. spot or not, but it was, there was only one hand that this guy could have had. Mm. And it was a hand that it was the nuts. Yeah. That'll do so it. I, I jammed into the nuts. So yeah. it's like favorite thing was, to do. I had top two pair and I jammed into the oh. nuts. That's that's pretty tough. Final table, top two pair. That's a that's well, yeah. A I, good, I, but I wasn't game. even thinking. It's a monotone board. Yeah, yeah. Ace, I had ace queen. It was ace queen nine oh. of clubs. Sweet. And I I see bet and he raises <laughs> me. What has he got? At that moment in time, with the ICM considerations, what does he have? There's nothing else that he. Could I don't know, have. man. I'm. He could have king king queen with the king of clubs. <laughs> Come on, man. There's got to be hands in your head up there, right? No, no. There was no hand. <laughs> no, Steve. No, you idiot. There's no hand. There's no way. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you will. You would know. I mean, obviously, you know the whole situation yeah. and the player type and all that sort of stuff, too. But I, yeah, I, I can, I can uh, bend toward what can I beat a little bit more uh, than the monsters under the bed of right. can I lose to. Yep. Uh, John, what were you going to say there? I don't remember anymore, but it was not anything of value. It was just some snarky comment I had come up with. <laughs> toward me so, or toward Rob? Because if it was toward me, I'm assuming you could have remembered. Yeah, it was towards Rob. But it, it's so unnatural to make fun of Rob that right. it, it fades You're away right. easily. Yeah, it's, it's like picking on your grandpa. <laughs> I saw Rob. I saw he's on mute, so I thought I could get away with it. He, hopefully he left the uh, – yes, he's not responding. So that means he didn't hear that, and you'll hear it when he re-listens to it. Yes. Score. <laughs> oh, man. I spent half this podcast on mute just laughing in the background. <laughs> this is That's funny. All right. Well, let, let's move on. So good good stuff. Good strategy stuff. Um, you know, we were going to do a little recap on Rec Poker Day. So I think we've talked about that already. I know some of you have asked, you know, how did it go? How did it go? Uh, we've been putting it out there. But the bottom line is it was great. We're going to want to do it again. Running Aces loved it. I think there's maybe 15 or 20 new player cards that were issued, which is you know, a casino's dream uh, that we could bring in uh, players. I know uh, there were couples that came in. I know Chris brought in a friend of his who had never played in the casino, just all kinds of really cool stuff. And one of the highlights of that day was the play and learn uh, from two o'clock to four o'clock. Matt Hamilton came in, but a bunch of us were, were dealing or involved in the play and learn. I know we talk about this a lot in the podcast, but if you've never done it, do it, get your buddies, talk to us. We can facilitate it. But uh, this idea of everybody just simulating a spot in a tournament, playing hands, flipping over your hands, and then just talking about it. Uh, it was super fun. And I think the people that had never done that before were like, wow, that was really cool. I put something out on Discord. Anybody be interested in this again? Yes, yes, yes. So um, a lot of interest, a lot of cool stuff. And part of that, I think, um, and you guys have been a part of these too, but like part of it is just the community building that comes. It's not just the learning. Now you're combining learning with community. And that's honestly the core uh, of who we are and what we're all about. Uh, but just I, another shout out too to Running Aces. Obviously, they were the host for it, but they ponied up two fifty dollar tournament lammers. They ponied up like a dozen hats. Uh, they went above and beyond uh, what they needed to do to help make this successful. And so, hats off and and thanks to those guys uh, for doing that. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's let's break in here a little bit. I want to uh, to play some of the audio from Rec Poker Day. Uh, had a chance to bring the podcasting equipment there. Uh, they get they filled up with cash tables. Uh, pretty quick. So we weren't able to be set up for a long time, but I did grab three interviews with some folks. Uh, we talked for quite a while, but uh, we just wanted to give you a flavor for 
uh, some of that conversation. So we won't really play all of it. We'll just play little clips and then we'll kind of hang on to some of the audio uh, to maybe use uh, at a future date. But uh, here's the conversations that I had uh, on Rec Poker Day. This thing, why don't you introduce yourself? Who, who the heck are you and why are you here? Uh, I'm Andrew Feist. Um, I'm here because I love poker and I, rec poker has been a big part of my my experience here in the last six, eight months here. So it's here to have fun. All right. So what um, what got you first interested in poker? What was... Um, I've always been interested in poker since like 16, 17 years old. Uh, a bunch of buddies and I would always play constantly. We'd play a couple times a week. We were degenerates where we'd play during the week and we were in high school. Um, haven't really played much until about a, about a year ago. I started playing a little more. And then I found your podcast with Rec Poker here. And since then, I've, I've been nonstop for the last six to eight months here. It's been, it's been a lot of fun, though. So it's, I don't know, I just like the challenge and like trying to figure out other people. And that's how I like it. Well, it's been fun having you on. Obviously, it's been fun having you be part of this thing, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now if you could meet and hang out, have dinner, whatever, with any poker player... Living or dead? You excluded? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope I'm not in the conversation. Um, like, like, who who stands out as somebody you'd love to hang out? I've always with? been a huge fan of Negreanu. Um, we obviously I was part of the interview a little bit. That was a lot of fun. That was great. Uh, he's an amazing uh, just personality. Um, but with De- Doyle Brunson, because when I was first uh, getting into poker with my buddies and stuff, we always were watching. World Series and paying attention to that kind of stuff and when we had WPT and he was on there a few times I mean he's just the Texas Dolly he's amazing you know it'd be crazy to pick his brain on so many different things and as long as he's been playing he was there when they first started everything so it's it that would be one of my probably my all-time grades that, that all right well why don't you uh, why don't you first just introduce yourself and uh, tell us why you're here today uh, hi my name is Jeff and I'm a poker holic <laughs> no, I'm here. Uh, I thought it was safe to take a sip of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here because I, I love playing and I love hanging out and talking to people who also love it. And uh, like you're, it's a community, so I like to be part of that. Yeah, well, you've been a part of it. I appreciate all your feedback and comments and everything. It's fun to have have you engaged out there. I know you put some posts out on the Facebook yep. group and. All right, so how did you first get interested in poker? What's your poker starting story? Um, well, I started when I was a little kid playing with uh, other kids in the in the neighborhood for pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, playing like seven card no peak and stuff like that. And I had no clue what it, I just thought it was fun just to hang out with people. And uh, flash forward to right before Moneymaker, and they started airing uh, on ESPN. They were airing poker like on I don't know, like Saturday afternoons. They were showing uh, yeah. old poker World Series events, and I'm like, this. I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching someone play poker. This is the silliest thing I've ever been a part of. And then. Coincidentally, there was a bar in my neighborhood that had a banner saying Texas Hold'em Tournament starting next weekend. So I, I was like, okay, well, I'll go and play. And I ended up winning the tournament, not really knowing what I was doing. And uh, I knew what a small blind and a big blind was, and that was about it. And I uh, had so much fun, I, I kept playing. I started playing the circuit of bar poker, and then I met people that were having home games so I started having home games I started hosting home games then poker league we started 
and then I started going to casinos and playing, and then five years ago I went to the World Series for my first time. And uh, so I kind of started at the very bottom and worked my way up and enjoyed it the whole time. Have you gone every year since then to the World Series? Yeah, this this year coming up will be the fifth in a row. Do you remember the the, the initial experience of going and what your what your reaction was? Yeah, to that? Uh, completely flabbergasted. Uh, All right, so last question is: uh, any any poker player, alive or dead, you know, you have an opportunity to hang out with for an hour or two, like. Well, probably if I was just going to play heads up, I would I would have to play against Phil Ivey, <laughs> yeah. just because. You, I mean, that's a lot of poker players would probably answer it that way, but um, just because arguably he's the best player in the world. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he'd be very fun to hang out with necessarily. <laughs> but uh, I'd probably say Daniel Negreanu just because he's seems like a very intelligent, down-to-earth guy. I got a picture of him once. I never really hung out with him, but he seems like someone I would have fun going out together. Yeah. 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 All right. Sweet, dude. Well, anything else you want to share? Or? Uh, no, just keep up the good work, Steve. We All really right. appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, my name is Troy Graffentine. Uh, I've uh, been playing quite a while, but I came here to play in the Rec Poker Tournament because I am a member of the community, and I thought I'd come out and support. And uh, as a recreational player who's been playing pretty seriously as a recreational player for... 15 years or whatever I just decided this is a good group of guys to as I debate a little bit online and stuff like that with y'all so I decided to come out and let's let's do it so how did how did you originally get into poker like do you have a a big story well it's not really a big story but it's kind of a little bit funny I mean you know when the whole poker boom happened I'm one of them you know 03 or whatever money maker wins but you know, I'm watching it on TV thinking, hey, this is pretty cool stuff. And then and then I, I don't remember if it was a birthday or a Christmas. It was, yeah, it was Christmas, so it was a stocking stuffer. And my wife had gotten me this stupid little handheld WPT <laughs> poker game. Video game. And I crushed it. I mean, I played that thing for, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, for thousand hours i don't yeah. know whatever just a lot until i i own the whole damn thing so then so then uh i decided to put some money in online poker and it just kind of went from there you know and then i got lucky i got lucky on my first you know the whole story your first 50 dollars oh my god right 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 you know and maybe it was my second or third 50 dollars who knows but yeah uh one sunday afternoon i'm sitting around on my laptop uh and i had advanced to two tables you know now I'm playing two tables and right. and I just and I, by the way at that time I was clueless yeah. I was clueless and I'm playing one of the did, did you know you were clueless or no 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 I thought looking, it was the greatest back now. I thought I was the greatest right, but I'm right. completely because you could crush the handheld game so oh yeah, yeah exactly all that AI back in 04 whatever the AI is at that yeah, point right. so what um, any player that you can choose alive or dead that you could spend a couple hours with uh, dinner or whatever. So not really, not necessarily playing, but who you want to hang out with? Like what? Well, who's your player? Actually, my favorite, and I, I thought about this. My, my the guy I believe is the best. Uh, uh, multi-table tournament player in the world is John Ape Styles Van. Oh, really? Van Fleet. Okay. Okay. And he may, I mean, he he doesn't have the name like a lot of the big names, but I I mean that's 
to me, his game is is the best. Okay, you know? so so hanging out with him would be pretty sweet. Yeah, because I would I would bug the hell out. I would pick <laughs> his brain till he's sick of me. You know, until the but, two hours was up. <laughs> <laughs> he probably only want ten minutes with me, but you know. Hey. <laughs> you know. My biggest message is in one thing I've learned through studying poker for 15 years is that the what is right today is is probably not right tomorrow when I say right I'm holding up the quote quote right Uh, the game constantly evolves and I used to be animate about this particular play and argue with my former online poker buddies who have most of the, all of them have moved on but uh, uh, we used to argue no no this is the this is how you have to do it you know this is what everybody the mass says blah 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 and you know what yeah don't be that way because in poker it's gonna change so just be be open to change and recognize when it's happening oh for yeah. sure yeah. for sure well, sweet, man. Well, thanks for jumping on here. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, a couple of other announcements. So we're kind of moving into the announcements and discussion phase uh, of the podcast. So for those of you who are just looking for content, uh, you can you can check out. But I warn you, there's some pretty cool stuff that's coming up. So uh, because our guest, Jen, deferred, we thought, well, we have a, little, have a little opportunity here to talk about some of the products that we're releasing, but some of the, the really cool things that are happening uh, out here in Rec Poker World. Uh, that we've been diligently working on behind the scenes, and now they're just starting to creep out. They're just starting to emerge. You're starting to see the head poke from around the corner, uh, some of the things that we're doing. But the the big announcement, uh, I would say, for this week, I mean, every week we'll have some big announcements, it seems like, is that we have officially created our Rec Poker Ambassador program, which means uh, we're looking for folks in different geographies that are saying, you know what, I love what Rec Rec Poker is. I love the brand. I would love to bring more of this learning by com- by a community into the area that I live or work or whatever, and, and just sort of be the, the hands and the feet and the eyes and the ears on the ground uh, in a certain geography and partner with this rec poker crew and saying, like, how do we equip you to um, to kind of bring this into your community and, and uh, help people build these relationships and learn the game. And so uh, we, we've just... Un- we're just in the process of unveiling this program, but we weren't even able to finish it. We weren't even able to unveil it until we had a couple of people approach us say, is there any way that I could be an ambassador for you? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yes, let's figure that out. And so uh, Josh Schwartz, uh, we, you've heard the name on the podcast a few times over the last uh, few months. He's on Twitter at FPN Colorado. Uh, and we've, Jim and I have had a few just tremendous conversations with him. And he has agreed to take on the, uh, or he's volunteered, or we've given him, or whatever it is, uh, he is now going to be our Rec Poker ambassador to Colorado, to the state of Colorado. So he is going to help that state uh, uh, incorporate some of the things that we're doing. Not, we're not replacing stuff that's being done there. Uh, we're supplementing it. And we're, we're giving the tools uh, that are needed to help people uh, learn the game uh, better, but also connect with other people who want to learn the game and kind of do it in the in the community. And so uh, we're just really excited uh, about Josh and uh, and what he's do- already doing uh, in Colorado. He's in the Denver area, uh, but he's he's willing to kind of look around and, and help out uh, throughout the entire state. So super excited about that. I don't know, Jim, if you have something to add there, feel free. Otherwise, you can kind of segue into uh, some of the specific products that we're we're ramping out. 
Yeah, well, I, I really enjoyed chatting with Josh, and he's he's got a great pra- a great passion for bringing our kind of our attitude about being respectful for other people and uh, enjoying the game of poker and, and being a, a thoughtful student of the game. Um, and we think that you don't have to play big stakes to be a serious, thoughtful recreational player. So whether you're playing in uh, bar leagues or home games for nickels and pennies, um, you know, if you take the game seriously, it's just such a rewarding pursuit. And uh, Josh, that's very clear to Josh. And so it's great to have him on board uh, representing us in uh, Denver and Colorado. And um, so we'll be we'll be um, probably promoting some stuff that he's going to be putting on out there, some live events, some of those play and learns that we've talked about, um, getting getting coordinating with existing bar leagues and home games there. And um, also sort of helping us get the word out about some of our other, uh, offerings like our personal coaching that we're in the, uh, just sort of unveiling right now. We're in a, we're in a, an unveiling phase as Steve, <laughs> Steve doesn't right. need to say it's been pretty exciting over here behind the scenes, real flurry of activity. But, um, one of the things that we're really excited about is we do have some personal coaching opportunities where we've lined up with uh, a range of excellent poker players, uh, from Ryan LaPlante's level all the way down, um, even just our group here on the panel, we've uh, offered a, we have an offering where you can record video of yourself playing online, or just submit video of other people playing, or of televised hands, that kind of thing, and we can get the panel here, um, or a professional coach or Ryan LaPlante to go over and analyze the play and make some uh, comments about what we might do differently, or things that we like or don't like. Um, but as we say, there is also actual one-on-one coaching. You can find all that at rec.poker slash coaching. And then, as I say, we also have these home games and bar league uh, supplements that we're sort of working with here, where if there's a home game or a bar league that already exists that wants to affiliate with us and get some guidance on structure, um, you can we can set up a web page in your name that makes it easier to track certain things. We've got some fun programs that uh, John Somsky has been talking about that we'll continue unveiling over the next little while. But we we want to add a lot of value to those um, those kind of games. We'll be having uh, shout outs on the podcast for people that win the weekly or monthly tournaments. We're going to have invitations to our own quarterly t- rec poker tournament of champions where if you win one of your home game or bar league games and you if you su- submit your email to our program through your uh, uh, league head there then we'll uh, get you an invitation to the tournament of champions the final table we'll all get their names referenced on the podcast and uh, we want to maybe have the winner come on each quarter and do a little interview talking about their experience in the home games and the bar leagues and why they love poker and that kind of thing so that's going to be a lot of fun um, there's going to be everything from pins and dealer buttons to uh, uh, championship tournaments and and a lot of ways just to talk to us about your game and uh, ways that we can help you run it, get more people there and just have more fun learning poker. Yeah, no, it, super excited about it. It's, it's the heartbeat of rec poker is the home games and the bar leagues. Uh, you know, so if, if you're out there and you run a home game uh, or know somebody who does, if you run a bar league or know somebody who does, and you want to connect with us, uh, if you can't find the information on rec.poker, uh, just let us know. And we'll, we'll have that conversation with you. Uh, we're going to do a deal where the first, you know, several people to sign up uh, get, get quite a discount uh, on whatever it is. But it's all going to be really cheap. Uh, it's just really a way to connect people to other people 
and start to recognize uh, the impact and the influence of home games and bar leagues in the overall poker community. So uh, really excited about it. Yeah. Okay. So good stuff there. Uh, good stuff happening. And we could do all kinds of announcements for hours and hours. Uh, but if you ever want to just talk about poker and strategy, talk to us. Uh, we're, we, we love it. I can't get enough of it. I mean, everybody here is like smiling. Like we're like, we're just giving announcements and we're happy about it. Um, but, oh, you should see us. We get to the end of one of these and we just want oh to go gosh. do another one immediately. Let's talk about poker more. Come on, guys. I still remember the time we did the MSPT one. It, we did like an MSPT final table where we talked about it for four hours or some ridiculous thing. The whole final table, we recorded our thoughts. That's part of a membership thing. If you're a member, you get all that access. And like at the end of it, I think it was John's like, okay, once, let's do the next one. <laughs> like it was so much fun. So um, let, let's shift gears a little bit, uh, running aces, uh, every week as our sponsor, we do their players of the week. And so this week for the week of February 24th, David Cramber, Tom Gabler, uh, Brandon Kelsenberg, fly Eagles fly and Kevin Conlin. Uh, so congratulations to you guys for picking up some running aces, lammers and our binks. So again, if you want to throw out there on discord <coughs> that you want a tournament, got a picture of yourself, whatever. Uh, put that out there. We like to promote those things. Steve Olson, uh, the Survive and Thrive, turned 75 bucks into 600 Woody Adams out there in southeastern PA takes down the World Tavern Poker free roll. Go get him, Woody. All right, Woody, way to go, man. Uh, Rob Washam, somebody named Rob Washam. Uh, the Binks were just because of Rec Poker Day, right? I mean, the three-way chop, he turns 40 bucks into 1110 then uh, then he goes ahead and final tables the optimum. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, talking about Rob chokes me up. And he, turned, he took another 740 bucks out of the optimum for that deal. Uh, and it was super fun. I mean, you know, a few of us ran deep, but like the final table of that $40 tournament was Rob. Uh, Andy Kaplan was there. I think he finished fourth. He's a rec poker guy. John Bachhuber. Uh, who I'm used to work with is getting engaged in the rec poker community. And so it was really fun to see a lot of the rec poker folks kind of all over those final tables and running deep. And then heads up to uh, hats off to Andrew Feist. Uh, he's a part of our rec poker nation, a running aces guy. Uh, Binks a $690 victory uh, in one of his online tournaments. So congrats to all of you guys. Uh, Jim, why don't you take us home, man, with some other stuff that's coming up. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, coughing, it's exciting. So I to put myself on mute. Uh yeah, that's right. Get out of here, Steve. <laughs> so we had our first uh, uh, membership Q&A discussion at the end of the month there. We're trying to get into this routine of every month. Uh, we start the month sending off a, uh, for our membership program, we send out a seminar that's themed on uh, certain strategy concepts that month. And in the second week, we have a, a study session where we get together and we do a bit of a hand history and we look at some concepts from the seminar and see how we might apply them in real time. And then on the fourth Wednesday of the month, we have our membership Q&A uh, to sort of just get together with the membership. We can talk about things in the seminar or in the, hand, uh, the study session or just about anything to do with poker. Uh, this week, this month, we had a few members join us, uh, which was great. We talked about limping ranges and uh, uh, some things to do with uh, in-position versus out-of-position factors. We talked about heads-up play versus blind versus blind play and how that might affect your limping range in the small blind. Um, we had a great chat with Jamel, 
who uh, we were talking about maybe getting a trip up to Playground Poker Club sometime. And then I was just this evening, I was at uh, the barn where my wife teaches horseback riding. And my buddy Chris from the barn comes over and says, hey, you know, we got to get ourselves over to Playground Poker and get in this tournament schedule. So Jamel, Chris, let's see if we can get some dates together and get a road trip over there because that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Another one of these things just came up in conversation in one of our membership chats, and now we're going to get a bunch of guys in a van and drive out to Montreal and have a great weekend. So you just never know what's going to happen in those. Uh, next, next month, in fact, we're releasing tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning. By the time you hear this, it'll be live. Uh, the March seminar, which is all about player types and hand ranging. And uh, we've got a lot of good um, concepts in work in that as well. So I can't wait to see some folks in the fourth Wednesday of March to have a little Q&A and chat and talk about some of those concepts. And of course, oh, and we uh, can't forget that we have the home game coming up. The uh, That's going to be on the fourth here. That It's our No Limit Hold'em game. And then the 11th of this month, we're playing five-card draw. You know, that's the game that, you used to see on all of the television shows. That's what they played on the odd couple and things like that. So we're going to actually play that uh, on the 11th this month. You and didn't mention we, Maverick. <laughs> oh yeah. Maverick's another one. Well, although that was sometimes they did a uh, stud there as well on Maverick. But anyway, how about, how about what, Deadwood? They always play five card draw on Deadwood. <laughs> you know, I never saw that show. Great. Show. What, what's that Maverick? was pretty good. That, yeah. The first season. Is that, That's Maverick. is that an old person show or what is that? Deadwood? Not yeah. old enough, I guess. Like somebody like me looks like Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that where that comes from? Yeah. We better not go further. We'll have to edit that sucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there is a, uh, a video tutorial. If you're not familiar with five card draw, you can take a look at that. There's a link to it from the rec poker home games page. So uh, take a look at that and you can learn everything you need to know to become an expert in just 10 minutes or less. <laughs> and if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, um, it is tomorrow night that that tournament is, is being held. So go to poker stars and, or well, go to rec.poker and find the link to get over to poker stars and make sure that you get an invitation to John Somsky to approve you for membership in the club because uh, then you're going to need to log in and uh, get some free play money chips from the cashier. And if you start doing all that stuff at half an hour before the tournament, you'll never make it in time to actually get sat by the time the cards are in the air. So it's Tuesday today. Go get that link. Talk to John Somsky. Get yourself approved. Get some extra chips. If you're playing from Canada, Chris, I'm talking to you right now. Chris, my barn friend from Canada. You got to join up on Tuesday, get those chips, come down and beat Steve Fredlin so that he has to go down in Vegas and sing the national anthem. Because we're going to mention that every podcast between now and then until we find out one way or the other if it's so still in the works. Happen. Canadians, come out and join. Get that invitation in early. Don't let, don't let the moment pass. Well, we already put the, uh, the filter on the YouTube video, the training video that John put together. There's a filter on there that only allows Americans to uh, watch the tutorial. <laughs> it's geo-blocked north of the 49. <laughs> That's right. But John, thanks for doing that. I mean, John Dunn does a lot of work behind the scenes there with that too. I mean, you see all the public stuff, but then he's running, he's giving us the league points. He's keeping track of the standings. All of those standings and stuff is out there on the website too. So it's a super fun, uh, super fun way to do it. I think, I think it's really cool, John, what you're doing there. Yep. I hope everyone enjoys it. 
And, and yeah, like Jim said too, you know, John and I is usually what John and I are doing at five minutes to eight o'clock on Wednesday is answering texts and discord messages and for everybody saying, how do I get access? Uh, it, it's really going to be hard to do uh, that tight. So uh, really please do as Jim says and do if you, if you want to play it, uh, don't be a poker player, do it a day in advance, <laughs> get it, get it set up and uh, get it done. Then we can troubleshoot anything we have to do uh, before then. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to mention, uh, kind of once a month, we'll, we'll do this where we acknowledge our new members. So uh, we have rec.poker. We have a membership site. Jim's already talked about the content a bit. Uh, 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year gets you all the content, all the historical stuff, all the access to the additional discussions we do. We think it's a great value. It's as cheap as we can possibly do it. Uh, it's, a, it's a loss most of the time, but, but it's fun anyway. Uh, but anyway, uh, do that. But if you, are, um, if you are a member, we just want to thank you for that. And we had six new members join us in February. So we got Peter Whitman. Uh, he's down in Brisbane, Australia, and Peter and I have exchanged some messages. I uh, got a real heart for poker. Appreciate him. Josh Schwartz, who we already mentioned, he's actually in Littleton, Colorado. And then we got four more Minnesotans jumping on board. Uh, the great Roger Lamp. We got Ben Gers, Pat Berry, and Alan Baker. So uh, thanks to all of you guys for uh, for the support. And uh, obviously, hopefully, you're going to get a lot of value uh, out of your membership there as well. And just another reminder, a ton of you, uh, we've been overwhelmed with how many people have signed up to do the Learn Pro Poker free program. Uh, if, if you don't know where to find that, look on our website, rec.poker or on Twitter, Facebook, or email us. We'll send you the affiliate link from that we have. And you can actually get 10 free lessons from Ryan LaPlante. You don't even need to enter your credit card information. They're just free. Uh, and so we've had a ton of people take advantage of that. If you don't know where to find that, uh, let us know and we'll send you that link uh, as well. Jim, how can folks uh, get a hold of us if they don't already know? Well, the easiest way is to go to rec.poker. We've got a lot of ways there where you can get in touch. Um, another great way is to reach out to Steve at rec.poker on Twitter. Um, we've got a very active Discord channel where we talk about all sorts of things from poker strategy to celebrating our wins and binks together to talking about poker lifestyle, planning trips to tournaments, um, really all sorts of great things there. So take advantage of that. And if you do go to rec.poker, you should sign up for This Week in Rec Poker, Twerp. Uh, it's our weekly newsletter, and uh, we send that out every week with updates, links to the specific events that are available that week, and also links to the previous things uh, that have been recorded, so you can take a look at that. So, mama mia, there's a lot of good ways to get in touch with us, uh, but rec.poker is where, where to start, that's for sure. Yes, sir. And then next week, we're going to have the great Bernard Lee uh, on the show. Uh, Bernard was gracious enough to, uh, to have me on for a little bit of his show. Uh, we're going to do a full interview with him. He is part of the Card Player Lifestyle Network of Podcasts that we have recently joined. Uh, along with the Top Pair Home Game and the Bernard Lee Show. Uh, so we're going to have him on to talk about that, talk about some strategy, talk about some of his connections. I know he's got a lot of stuff going on in the poker world. So that's going to be a great uh, conversation. And if you want to support us, you know, obviously the membership thing is great. We do have a Patreon as well. Uh, just go out there, Patreon, go to Rec Poker out there. If you want a sweatshirt or a hat, let us know. We got some of that merch. We got pictures of them out online there as well. You can like us, rate us, review us. Those things are huge. If you're like, how can I support Rec Poker, but I can't do it financially, find out places where you can like us, rate us, review us. iTunes is obviously a phenomenal place to do that. We love reading the reviews. We love getting the ratings. Uh, do that stuff. And then just let other people know uh, what we got going. 
there's obviously, we talked about the pay stuff, the membership site, but there's a ton of stuff that we have going on for absolutely free, including the podcast, the home games, the Discord channel, the Facebook group, all kinds of ways you can plug in uh, just uh, sort of as our gift to you as part of the poker community. So check those things out. Uh, we're going to sign off there. Uh, thanks, as always, Running Aces, Racetrack, Casino, and now Hotel, as well as Learn Pro Poker and Website Amp. And with that, we will chat with you guys all next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.